walk, believe, or walk, then you walk, believe, or walk, then you walk, tell you walk, then you walk, tell you walk, then Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Finneran's Wake. I am with unwavering commitment to the cause of great conversation, your faithful friend and loyal host, Daniel Finneran. Thank you so very much for joining me today. If you feel inclined to do so, please take this opportunity to subscribe to this channel and share it with family and friends. We have a plethora of interesting content coming out between my monologues, conversations with extraordinary people, and uh, conversations with my guest today, who will be a returning guest, James Flood, to whom you were introduced uh, but a week ago. And during that introduction, we discussed James's history in fitness, how he came up, how he grew to have such fondness for the world of fitness and where he is now in his journey. Today, uh, it was his idea to focus on a different topic that I think is one um, about which we can talk quite a bit, and that is ways by which you can optimize your time in the gym outside the gym. So in other words, these are things that you do um, before your uh, entrance into the gym so that you can best optimize and enhance the, the gains that you're going to make once you step into the, to the dungeon, to the iron paradise. So James, with that brief introduction, let's get right into it. We've talked about maybe discussing five things that you can do to optimize your workouts once in the gym. Lead us off with the first one. But five's five's good. I'd say the first one I would focus on for everybody. Everybody's probably not doing this. Not everybody. I'd say a good majority is hydration and uh, not just water. Let's talk about water because you can actually become dehydrated from drinking too much water. And a lot of people, especially here in Southwest Florida, you know, ninety degree heat, the humidity. I like to work out outside. You know, we run outside, you need electrolytes, like lots of them, especially sodium. Sodium is overlooked by a lot of people. They think, oh, it's going to make me look bloated. I'm going to uh, lose my definition or I'm going to raise my blood pressure. Not true. I mean, yes, if you're drinking tons and tons and you're not exercising, but we're exercising. I'm sure most of the people are watching here doing some form of exercise. You need sodium in your diet, especially when you're exercising. So we need to be undeceived. For so many years and by so many medical practitioners, we've been encouraged to limit our sodium intake, right? You want less salt in the diet because salt or sodium is responsible for high blood pressure, right? Diabetes, obesity, all these all these grave afflictions. So maybe tell us a little bit more about why it's Un, unrighteously maligned. Why is it that sodium has this terrible reputation, but in fact really should be a more integral part of our diet and our consumption? Well, you know, just regular ionized table salts, you know, I'm not saying you, you dab that on your, you know, onto your, your sandwiches or whatever you're doing. 
that's not the best kind of salt. You want either a pink Himalayan or a Celtic sea salt, which is like the two best salts. They have the most minerals in it. Okay? Mm. Salt from sea salt has a bunch of different minerals that we normally don't get in our normal diets. So what that does when we drink the water, the sodium pulls the water into the muscles, helps hydrate you at the intracellular level. Okay, so you're not just drinking the water and then going to the bathroom and getting dehydrated. People are like, you know, I, I'm guilty myself. You know, I was, I was, you know, in high school, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna look as ripped as possible. I'm gonna limit my sodium. And I kept getting cramps. I can't get cramps. I would get horrendous cramps. I'm like, oh. How meticulous were you in the limit in the limitation of your sodium intake? Oh, I didn't put salt on anything. I, I would eat bland, bland food, and it was probably the worst thing that I was doing because uh, not only my performance inside the gym was suffering because lactic acid was building up at a much higher rate because I was dehydrated. Uh, outside the gym, sometimes I'd wake up with Charlie horses, and it's no fun. Right. So my, not only was my performance inside, but my sleep, which is also another one we're going to get to here later on, uh, was affected from not having enough sodium. Mm. And, yeah, so the, the traditional bodybuilder's diet yeah. that is composed of chicken breast and broccoli, yeah. essentially, with very little variation, is, is typically unsalted, typically very bland, yeah. and could result in these adverse effects, especially if in pursuit of your bodybuilding goals, you are doing some cardiovascular exercise in warm climates, you're probably letting go of a lot of electrolytes that are not being repleted. So you mentioned two types of salts of which you make use. That's what I prefer, yeah. Uh, the, the, what is it? The pink Himalayan. Pink Himalayan. The Celtic sea salt. And the Celtic sea salt. So I actually am a big fan and supporter of a, a salt called Redmond Real Salt. And just recently, um, with my brother's encouragement and advisement, I purchased a massive tub of this salt. I think, yes, I think it's a vat. I think it's about, I think it's about 10 pounds in total. I mean, this is sort is of commercial. Crystal, it's the crystals? or is It's it very finely ground, very fine. It's a, almost a powder. I have the crystals. Very fine. So occasionally I'll get the crystals as well for a kind of a chunkier, uh, yeah. thicker, uh, denser salt. I just put it underneath my tongue sometimes before I go run. Mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. it's all that as I'm running. So my endorsement is is the Redmond Real Salt. I again, it's a salt of which I'm a huge fan, not one by which I am sponsored in any way, but um, uh, I use it on everything and also in in my drinks as well. Sometimes I'll just sprinkle a little bit into my water. Mix it. Now, it's not the most flavorful uh, gulp of, uh, of water that you'll take. It's not the most refreshing, but it's with the knowledge, you consume it with the knowledge that you will be repleting these electrolytes that are so easily lost, especially in these sweaty, hot climates down here. Yeah. yeah. This is key. I mean, yeah. It really is. I mean, you were taught, you know, oh, you're cramping, you need banana, you need mm. potassium, which is, potassium is very important too, but... Um, you know, me coming from, you know, like we said, I do bodybuilding shows and men's physique, I would get really bad cramps because I would limit my sodium, you know, and but before the show, you limit the sodium and immediately the first thing you go for is not, not banana, you go for salt and it relieves the cramps. Salt and magnesium, another form of uh, electrolytes. So uh, 
the most popular electrolyte about which we talk is sodium, salt. Yeah. Uh, but of course, there's, a, there's an electrolyte profile of sorts you know, that we need to consume. So sodium being the most recognizable, you mentioned magnesium. I want you to talk a little bit about magnesium and maybe some of the other electrolytes that really round out that, that electrolyte diet that lead to optimized performance yeah. in the gym. So what are the other ones? So magnesium. I mean, I could talk for days about magnesium. Uh, magnesium has over 18,000 different functions in, in our body. The, once we consume it, it causes different chain reactions in our body. Nine, they, I think they did a study, um, I'm not exactly sure if it's 90 or 80%, but I say 90 or 80% of people are deficient in magnesium. Mm. And it is one of the most noticeable things that when you start taking it, you'll notice a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's cheap. You know, you mm -hmm. can get magnesium for like eight bucks, you know, and there's different forms and different forms that, you know, like there's magnesium uh, L3 in it, which is my favorite form. Magnesium L3 in it is uh, a form that actually crosses the blood brain barrier. Okay. So a lot of magnesium, you know, vitamins and supplements, it won't cross your blood brain barrier. There's a barrier here except there to protect your brain from, uh, from foreign chemicals. Yeah, the intrusion of, yeah. of hostile foreign actors. We can talk about that forever. But this one specifically crosses that. Uh, you get all the benefits of the magnesium, plus you get um, eutrophic benefits like cognitive, uh, brain function. You just feel more alert uh, at the same time. You can take it before bed and feel more relaxed. It relaxes. It's a natural muscle relaxer. So before you go, before I go to bed, I usually do uh, at least 500 milligrams of, of some form. And the magnesium L3 in it, I kind of like that, like because of the cognitive benefits, more so in the middle of the day, hmm. you know, before a workout or something like that. So some of us will look suspiciously on on the the claims made by the advocates of magnesium. Those who say that it is this almost magical elixir that, that helps neurotropically, it helps with your cognition, it helps you to fall asleep, it repletes your electrolytes, and think that it's perhaps claiming too much. Uh, now, I'm reminded of melatonin. I think most people have been disabused of the notion that melatonin is this panacea, that it helps everybody get to sleep. In fact, it seems to be the case that melatonin will help you maybe fall asleep, but not access deeper levels of restfulness, right? So it's sort of like a superficial remedy um, in some ways. Do you fear that magnesium might also end up being that sort of um, chemical that is overhyped and is not quite able to, to deliver on, uh, on no. its promise? No, um, no. First of all, first off, why I think that is uh, melatonin, this hormone in your body that's created naturally. Okay, so like, for instance, if you're, you know, you could set up your room and set your body up to produce its own melatonin at a much higher rate. Okay, so like blackout shutters, uh, no uh, screen screen time, blue blocker glasses two hours before you sleep. You're going to be on the right path to boost your melatonin naturally. Don't really need to supplement that. It's not. And people take way too high of doses, which actually can have the adverse effect. Because if you have too much of a hormone, any kind of hormone, 
and your body doesn't, it goes in the world. So you want homeostasis, you want balance. Okay. So no, and, and that aspect of the question, magnesium is an electrolyte, you know, it's a mineral. Uh, just try it. I mean, it's the worst, the, the worst thing you do is you, you waste eight bucks. Okay. And you're like, oh, I feel about it. I will go more than three days without it. If I, if I go in three days, I mean, I'm a mountain climbing a mountain somewhere. And I'm like, you know, and 99% of the time I'll bring it with me. You know, I'm like, yeah, I have to check my bag and I have my vitamin bag. And, and are there any food substances in which magnesium is copiously represented? And, and maybe what are some of those food sources? A bunch of uh, different fruits and vegetables that you can eat. It's mostly in fruits, okay? And you can get, you know, to get the, the form I was talking about, the L3 and 8 form, you need to get in supplement form, which is, I mean, in this day and age, uh, the fruits and the soil quality. I mean, I think uh, that what they were saying, I saw this study, to get the same amount of vitamins and minerals from one apple 50 years ago, you'd have to eat like 30. Mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. just because of the soil quality yeah, and yeah. the depletion of yeah. and the degradation of the soil quality yeah that's why i'm i'm such a big believer in good high quality supplementation yeah. i'm not saying go to go by you know joe you know like any kind of supplement make sure that they're where they're sourcing good quality stuff and they're not getting stuff out of season and doing some weird kind of farming you gotta that's what you have to look at to the, to the world of supplementation, I am still somewhat of a latecomer and, uh, and a, still a little bit skeptical of it. And I, and I think the skepticism is healthy. But what you say is very salient because you're absolutely right. Due to the depletion of our soil, you know, the nutritional content in our foods is greatly diminished. And to optimize what we're what we're bringing into our bodies we do need to supplement in many ways now it's a sad truth that that is the that is the case um uh you know i feel maybe a little bit ambivalent about that because on the one end we do have a larger population to feed than we did maybe 100 years ago or 200 years ago when the food was more nutritious so in order to to distribute more apples let's say just using a simple example of a fruit of which you made mention to to enable us to distribute more apples to more mouths. Yeah, I mean, you, you need vast orchards growing. You need um, to be outsourcing them to different countries where maybe the, you know, the, the, the treatment of the soil is, is less scrupulous and they're not turning over the crops the way they might or, or cross, you know, genetically or, or, or genetically modifying, of course, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not a necessary evil, but, you know, in, in, some, in some iterations it can be. On the other end, though, we are producing more food, which is a great boon to the human population, but it's also in a greatly nutritionally reduced form, of course, and that's not... There's no other food I wouldn't eat. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. That's also true. <laughs> it's, uh, I can go down the rabbit hole and talk about this. That's not, like we won't go too <laughs> deep. I mean, we can dedicate an entire episode yeah. to magnesium. We can dedicate an entire episode to the depletion of the soil and the fact that our nutritional content is not what it once was. And of course, listeners and viewers, if you're interested in these types of things, you can leave a comment below. You can, of course, email me. You can send a, a letter. 
buy a pigeon to uh, James. I'll give you his PO box after this, <laughs> and you can let us know. You know, what are the? He's always receiving pigeons. What are the? What are the topics about which you'd want us to talk, into which you'd like us to delve more deeply? And we gladly will. But let's just stay. Let's stay on the topic of electrolytes a little bit longer. We so far have covered two: sodium, magnesium. Are there any others of which we should be aware? Give us maybe one more, one more electrolyte. Uh, I'd say, uh, you know, potassium is important, but potassium, if let's say you, you, you eat bananas, you eat avocados, you can get enough from food. You don't mm -hmm. have to supplement from, with potassium. Mm -hmm. So you advise supplementation of sodium and magnesium and... Well, it's sodium, just to get some salt, you know, but yes, it's definitely a uh, supplementation of uh -huh, magnesium. Of magnesium. Potassium, uh, you don't need to supplement with. I see. Or you can get yourself just to, like, what I like to do when I wake up in the morning is I like to, uh, I just have, like, a zero-calorie, um, naturally sweetened electrolyte powder. It has everything in it. Mm -hmm. It has the salt. It has the magnesium, you know, the potassium, you know, in the perfect ratios, too. And be specific. Let's talk about a brand. What do you use? I use Ultima. It's, it's pretty good. It's, it's zero-calorie. It's something it's sweet with Mm -hmm. And uh, I like it because I, I fast. I fast till about noon, twelve thirty every day. And so this won't infringe on that fast. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, and like I'm very particular about that. Uh -huh. There's a uh, you know a million things you can do to break your fast. Obviously, sure. People don't realize even you should have coffee. You know, sure. Like a little creamer. In there. Yeah, there are some fasting absolutists. They'll say that any exobiotic, any anything that's introduced into the body in that period of time, is is um, responsible for breaking that fast. Anything has calories. Yeah. yeah, or some people will say even even stimulants, like even a caffeinated beverage that's non-caloric will. Again, a different conversation to have. But I have artificial sweeteners. Sure, anything, even if it's non-caloric. But they say that. Any exobiotic, anything that's introduced into the body that isn't native to the body, yeah. perforce, you know, it, it will stimulate some sort of a digestive effect. I, you know, during that fasted um, state, yeah. It, yeah, gum often quietly, secretly has has a maybe less than five caloric impact, but there is something there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So. I, I don't know if we'll be able to get to all five topics. Let's let's move along because we did spend quite a bit of time on on the electrolytes, which is I think absolutely important and deserving of our time spent on it. Um, but just to recap, you know, hydration isn't hydration truly without the uh, the inclusion of those electrolytes. So be mindful of that, especially as we enter these summer months during which you'll be sweating copiously. If you're anything like us and you're working and playing and um, having a good time outdoors, you really do need to uh, refill yourself with all those lost uh, beads of, of salty sweat and minerals. Well, there was another one, um, last thing for uh, electrolytes. Uh, I think I told you about that, the Shilajit. Uh, the Shilajit's, yeah. uh, I get it in the, the mountains of the, in, you know, the Alps or whatever, and it only grows at certain height right and it, it's like a tar-like substance that grows on the rock right so it's like formed over 
hundreds of thousands of years, right? And they collect it, and it looks like nasty black tar, right? But you can take it and you put it in your coffee or put it in hot liquid, hot water, and it's the most natural form of electrolyte. It's got 74 different minerals in it that you would not normally get. Your body is an electric, you know, you, you have an electric positive negative charge, right? So when you put these minerals, it's like charging your whole body. Right? Right. It's like it's like plugging your, your Tesla into the charging mm -hmm. station. So when you give it this, it's it's more than a caffeine energy. It's more of like a, okay, I'm ready to go. Now that seems like a pot a very potent substance. So how often do you use it? Every single day. Yeah. So do you fear that you're perhaps over-mineralized? It sounds like you have a lot no. coming into your system. No. Of course, a lot is going out as well yeah. as you exert yourself. No, I feel great. Uh, now, do you, you know, do this? Sometimes I run out. Do you no, do this strictly by feel, or do you do it more objectively? Well, I listen to my body. Do you I listen to my body. You're sometimes like, it's good you to say that. Uh, I don't supplement with something all the time, because then your body gets used to it. Okay, so then you... I'll supplement maybe for like three months and then I will remove it hmm. for a month or whatever until my body tells me, okay, you need some more of this and I'll put it back in. So you just, just like anything, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you eat liver, you know, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I can't. I, I, I try, I try mixed it with eggs. I do all this. I can't do it. You will do it or you'll supplement with it. I, uh, I'll give you my, I'll give you my desiccated. My desiccated pills. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. I guess I can't. Because I have no need for them. Just, yeah, yeah. You're a different kind of animal. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I quite enjoy it, but that that's a different story. But the thing is, it's like, you know, you just listen to your body. You like, um, you know, like if I'm feeling crampy, I need more minerals. Right. You know, like you can tell too, you know, like, yeah. well, you, let's say you have a really hard leg workout and then you did uh, a six mile or whatever mile run. You mm. And you start to feel like a little bit of twitches, like in certain movements, your legs, you're, you're, you're lacking in some kind of so. Yeah, I just think that so many people have been frightened, yeah. frankly, by the propaganda against minerals, against salt and sodium yeah. specifically, that they're so accustomed not even to, uh, not, uh, they're accustomed not even to consider the prospect, the po possibility that they need yeah. that in their system. So I think that was my problem for a long while. I, you know, I wasn't actively seeking um, sodium right, to, to sprinkle on foods or to add to my to my beverages because, you know, the the the, the wisdom, the received wisdom, was that it was not only unnecessary but injurious to one's health. I've actually, you know, just coming, like I said, from bodybuilding, I've seen the dark side of like not enough sodium. You know, like there's actually, there's deep diseases that sure. you can get like sure. from having too low of sodium where they can actually die. Mm -hmm. Like, and I've seen people seize up like completely their legs lock up, like when they can't move because they did not only did they, let's say they, they depleted their sodium and then they took a diuretic too, mm -hmm. to like extra, you know, and it, and for uh, what? Uh, to do what? To, to more, have more pronounced vascularity? Is that the idea? Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, Definitely, but pulls the water from underneath the skin. But the the whole pulling of the sodium is when you do the diuretic at the same time is very dangerous. Oh, very dangerous. Uh, yeah. Most of the diuretics that these people take are uh, potassium sparing. Uh, so what it does is it pulls.
controls everything else besides the potassium, which yeah. is, uh, you know, in, in keeping your heart. Oh, yeah, you have to think about the electrical conductivity of the heart. Think back to your high school biochemistry textbooks when you had those ion channels, right, across which you would have these very electrolytes, potassium, sodium, potassium pumps, you know, working to, to shuttle these integral little little ions uh, to enable you to live. And now you are in the pursuit of your you know, optimal physique, depleting yourself of these things, probably totally terrorizing your, your internal Sometimes. electrical system, Sometimes your bioelectrical system. Sometimes it takes months for these people after they're done completely to, mm -hmm. to counteract the the water weight gain that they get, it's called the rebound. They get the, mm. well, first they're, they're doing, you know, like very low uh, calories. And then they start, they just go straight into eating whatever they want because they suffered. Mm -hmm. That throws them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll continue on that. Sure, I'm, I'm sure yeah. that's that's ruinous to the, to the body. And uh, I can it's only imagine that, I can only imagine the amount of cortisol Released uh, the stress that get cortisol. Yeah, just thinking about it, the stress that one undergoes and having to suffer through that. So uh, let's let's withhold any further conversation yeah. about that for now. You can see it's starting to get a little dark. Yeah. Uh, the tan complexion uh, is getting even darker. Start, yeah. <laughs> we're going to start changing, disappearing, the changing, so, changing yeah. hue. That's why I wore this bright green shirt, and you, your bright orange shirt. Yeah, hopefully, like in contrast. <laughs> So festive. I had to go sleeveless, like you. Oh, natural. Last time you went sleeveless. Like, Why? Well, you know, I, that's just me. Was all the angles. <laughs> like, like this. See, James came prepared this time. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's not, much more photogenic. You're not the angle this time, buddy. So, so we, as I said, we spent a little time there on uh, electrolytes, on hydration. I think it was necessary, though. I think it's important to to dilate on that theme a little bit more, even if it's at the cost of maybe two or three items that are down our list. So again, just to recap, hydration is of course of vital importance, but hydration is not just turning on the tap and guzzling down a glass of water or 24 glasses of water or however many you, you're told you're supposed to drink in a day. And that's another thing. You need to listen to your body. You also need to know your output. You don't need to fill a massive vat of water and try to chug it down through the course of 24 hours. If you're not you know, exerting yourself, if you're not sweating, you need to moderate your intake based on that, okay? And the risk is also dilution. You're going to risk diluting yourself if you're just consuming unmineralized water. So James laid out three essential minerals that you need to be consuming, and those are sodium, which you can get as salt, but you want to get a good, um, you know, refined type of salt. I prefer the Redmond real salt. He prefers that as well as yeah. the Celtic and the Himalayan pink salt yeah. available in all of your local uh, grocery stores. Yeah. Second is magnesium, of which there are various types and kinds. Your preference is the L. L3 and, 8. L3 and 8. It's the most expensive. It's expensive, but it's effective in crossing the blood-brain barrier. It has neurotropic effects, helps with your cognition, helps with your restfulness, and is all around, I think, a very important electrolyte to consume on a daily basis. And third, we talked briefly about potassium. And that's readily available in sufficient quantities in your normal foods, bananas, sweet potatoes, 
things of that nature. So let's move on from electrolytes and hydration. That was our number one thing that we do outside the gym in order to optimize our performance in the gym. Let's go to number two now. What would be the second? So I'd say sleep and in order to get good sleep, it starts with the first thing you do when you wake up. Mm -hmm. I like to immediately when I wake up, go outside, right? All I do is as the sun's rising, I don't use, uh, I don't use alarm clock. I have a, it's just, it's my circadian rhythm. It's just, it's, it's built now. I'm just, I wait, I'm, I'm up at the same time. At about what hour? Usually about like 645, 630. Uh -huh. So I'm up, I'm ready to go. And you go immediately outside? You know, uh, it depends. Some days I, I got to be like a client's earlier, uh -huh. you know, so, but the, usually, sorry, the first thing I don't do is not go exactly outside. First thing I do do is go take a, a really cold shower. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, okay. Just as cold, cold as it could be, right? Uh -huh. So what that does is that immediately wakes my body up, right? I don't need coffee. I don't drink coffee first thing in the morning. Coffees are fine. I'm not, I'm not against it. Uh, First thing in the morning, you, you don't want to do that. It's going to mess with your cortisol levels and your testosterone production. So you want to wait like a couple hours, like maybe like an hour. If you can postpone an hour, you're better off. So jump in the cold shower. You know, I don't. I, I started doing it right because I'm. Uh, I don't have a cold plunge, you know. So it's, it's it's unfortunate, but cold shower is pretty good too, though, especially when it's first thing in the morning because it's you know not too hot yet. The shower's really cold. Um, what it does is it sends blood, okay? You're cold, your body's gonna send blood to the surface, right? To teach you up. So my blood flow is just circulating, right? So much better as if I was just to wake up and shrug on over and grab my coffee and hope that that wakes me up. Cold shower, immediately up. I'm awake, I'm ready to go do whatever I gotta do. You know, train clients, whatever I gotta do. Um, and then my dogs need me, so that's when I go outside. So I go outside, I walk them uh, 20, 30 minutes, you know, sun's starting to rise. You want to rise with the sun, that's usually the best thing, you know. Looking at the sun, it's going to set you up to fall asleep at the right time. So like what I'm saying, the second thing is sleep. So all these other things lead up to good sleep. Okay. If you do caffeine like first thing in the morning and then you crash midday and then you do some more caffeine and then it's like eight, nine o'clock and you're still wired and you're watching TV, you're not going to get the most REM sleep that you could possibly get is if you were to set yourself up with these prior steps, you know, first thing in the morning. So it's not just like, what do you do five minutes before you go to sleep? Oh, I know. People say like, oh, I can't eat before I go to bed. I don't, I'll have a bad night's sleep. I mean, what what, what, do you, what happens after you eat carbohydrates? Like usually, if you don't know, you know, if you eat a big meal, you get tired. Go to bed. <laughs> don't think about it. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe it's just me. I eat yeah, huge meals usually around like, you know, dinner time. I have my big meals usually because I get done training around eight. I go home, pop up on my trusty air fryer. <laughs> he hates it, he hates it. No, no, I don't hate it, not in the least. Uh, no. Eat my steak and 
usually a cup and a half. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I do. I do disapprove of the fact that you cook your steak in an air fryer. <laughs> yes. Don't knock it till you try it. I, try, I, have, I have tried it. I have tried it. You must have a crappy air fryer. No, I have, I have that top of the line. It's, um, really? what is it? It's not important, but no, I have a, I have it's a good cool. one. It's a okay. good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. But, let, but let's not. That's, that's <laughs> defending. But let's not. So but there's something very intimate about cooking. We're getting off track. Something very intimate about cooking a steak in a cast iron skillet with with copious amounts of butter, and you're getting the right yeah. sear, and you're you're getting the fat rendered, that's great. and you're actually involved in that process instead of pressing start yeah. for ten. minutes. I'm no Martha Stewart, so just, you know I throw it in there, I come back, and it's done. And I'm like, so yes. let's count. Let's count those as two, two items. Now I know the subject of sleep again is another one, uh, um, uh, you know, on which we can enlarge at length, and we probably will. But for the purposes of of our five items, we'll count sleep as number two. We'll count. Cold exposure maybe as number three. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know the cold immersion is That's part right. of your kind of sleep-wake process. It's part of your morning routine, but let's keep that distinct from sleep proper. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can do that. All right. We'll now, of course, too. sleep is sort of one of these totalizing events in the life of man and woman. <laughs> I mean, it it encapsulates everything from the moment you wake up and you expose yourself to the sun, right? And the circadian rhythm is set. Uh, you know, that really begins the process of that coming evening's yeah. sleep. Uh, and there's so many things that happen in between that either uh, augur success or failure as you lie down that evening. Mm -hmm. So, again, I think too, too much to look at there for that topic. Um, and I think we should keep it right where you left it, yeah. okay? A few little tips about getting to sleep and the cold immersion. All right, you talked about the benefits of both. So that's one, two, and three. All right, so hydration, electrolyte supplementation, sleep, and cold immersion or cold exposure. Three things. Let's go to number four. The fourth thing to optimize your gym performance performed outside the, outside the gym. Nutrition. Absolutely key. Okay. Um, and you don't kind of make it so difficult. You don't kind of like, oh, I gotta have uh, blah 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 chicken and rice and all this. You know, it's gotta be that difficult. In brief, why don't you give us your Typical. your concise, fundamental philosophy as it regards to nutrition and food? What would that be? I like to have protein, carbs, and fats my two big meals that I have. I have two big, I consume two big meals. I have a, a lunch around 12.30. It's pretty big, it's usually pretty big. And, uh, but the dinner is the real big one. The dinner is the whopper. You know, it's like, uh, it's, a big, it's a big dinner. But like I said, if you have protein, fats, and carbs in your meals, in the right amounts, okay? I don't like to overcomplicate. I used to weigh everything. You know, I've come, I weigh things. I've done it a thousand times, so I know roughly how much protein I'm getting, how much carbs by looking, you know, 
And there is no specific diet to which you adhere. You're not a practitioner of the carnivore diet or the keto diet or the. Uh, definitely not the keto. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, 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 no, no harm towards people who do that, but I mean, yeah, I just can't do it. And again, we're talking about ways by which you optimize your performance in the gym. Yeah. So you have come to the to the conclusion that your way of of eating is is best one for you so 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 maybe you can tell yeah. us why why do you think well, that one is as opposed to the carnivore diet or like any other of, i mean carnivore diet has its, its uh, benefits i mean i eat steak red meat every single day and i've had lots of clients who i helped with their nutrition and uh, they steak almost every day too and my clients do blood work they do, uh, you know, it's like, you know, that was another thing. Don't eat red meat every day. Your cholesterol yeah. is going to go through the roof. Now, is this under your advisement? Do you advise them to get the blood work? Oh, yeah. I tell, I, I tell my clients to get blood work. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just, you know, most of them, I mean, you, you could have, uh, you know, the most perfect diet, perfect exercise routine, but if something's off mineral, vitamin-wise, uh, it's not going to it just kind of like makes it fine tuned for me so I can say like, oh, I'll just add a little bit more of this and then you're gonna feel better than I do. But going back to the meat, their their lipid levels improved, you know, like after eating, like it's it's not like their that HDL and LDL is gonna go for that, you know. So like you said, do you do carnivore? I do kind of like a a different I mean, like, kind of take little bits and pieces of that, but most of my my protein is either red meat, steak. Uh, I do do eggs, not too, not, not not that often, but eggs, chicken, and that's pretty much it for protein. So occasionally I have bone broth, protein powder. It's by the, I think a doctor, Axe Nutrition. Mm -hmm. it tastes like uh, chocolate milk, but uh, that's pretty much it for that. But the carbs that I do consume is is limited. From what it used to be, so I used to I used to do Thai cereal and like I just love cereal. But like I try to do like most of my carbs from either fruit, which is amazing. I mean, it's it's if you could just eat fruit, like not do rice, more power to you. Like if you do fruit and um, steak and chicken, that's probably one of the best diets you can do. Mm. Me. I need a little rice. I just love rice. So I, I do a rice, uh, two cups of rice usually a day. And sometimes occasionally I'll have some oatmeal, but for the most part, it's just, uh, that, those are my carbohydrate sources. And uh, uh, fats, you know, healthy uh, fat from the steaks, it's like one of the best things you can get. Eggs, the best thing. Occasionally I'll do some uh, uh, nuts, but uh, they got to be sprouted. I mean, I, I, I feel like my nuts are sprouted. They're so much more nutritious and better for your gut. If you eat a bunch of like regular non-sprouted nuts, you just, sometimes you're gonna get like a little bloating, a little stomach distress. So that's pretty much it. That's a, a potatoes, potato, I do potato. I like French fries. Mm -hmm. uh, I like five guys too. Like, not, not, not every night, but <laughs> Every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> once, a week, once a week. <laughs> and that's, that, that goes back into like, yeah. Like, you, okay, like, it's probably not the best thing, but I mean, you gotta have a balance of 
normal city. You know what I'm saying? You've got to be able to go yeah. out and be able to, so, be able to eat something. So I, I hope uh, it's discernible to the viewers that you do have quite a bit of latitude in your diet. I mean, there is some, there are some boundaries there, yeah. but there also is a little bit of a wiggle room. You give yourself some leniency. Um, you're not measuring your macros. You know that you want a certain amount of protein, right? Probably equivalent to your body weight or there or thereabouts. And right, and it sounds as though you're you're certainly reaching that. Uh, and then for the carbs and the fats, again, as someone who is highly skillful in this realm and accomplished in the 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 um, sport of bodybuilding, you kind of know how to manipulate these things in such a way to really get the physique that you want and you have a great physique now so it's easy for you to to to, to modulate them and to work with them based on feel uh, a lot of people out there will be getting out their scales tonight and measuring precisely to the gram to the ounce exactly how much rice they're consuming exactly how much steak they're consuming or what have you oatmeal that's never been my way and I don't know if my way is superior. I, I, I tend to think not, but I've just never had the, maybe the discipline to do that, nor the desire. It also becomes, uh, well, cumbersome and laborious yeah, to, sure. be, to be doing that. I tried to do it a few days and I, 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 it's not a matter of being able to. Anyone can take out a scale and measure something, um, but it, it felt so kind of sterile and there was no joy in preparing food and it became you know very regimented and I disliked that aspect. It's like going to the gas station. Do you want to go seven times a day right. and measure it like no you want to go once a, right. a month if right. that year once a week. Yeah. So I think my uh, my response to that and maybe this is something of which everyone can make use is a more mindful approach to consuming food. If you sort of know the outlines of your diet, for me, it's basically red meat, ruminant red meat, so beef, liver especially. Uh, I'm liver maxing right now, <laughs> but it's it's mainly it's mainly it's mainly I would be interested to see it, but it's mainly beef and fruit for me, which seems to be a, a more popular diet now, um, especially among younger men. Uh, so that's the one that I've adopted, and I've. I don't think I'll stray from it. I really, I really find it to be satiating and um, and and nutritious. Do you raw honey too? Um, local honey. I don't know if it's raw, but it's it's whatever is local. Yeah. So I'll try to get that. Um, and the and the bee pollen if it's available. Yeah. But sometimes it's not available. Uh, so so I'm really simplifying what I'm consuming, and in my preparation of these foods, I'm or my consumption of them, I'm very mindful. And of course, that's sort of my other part of my other project. I do the NUMA meditations and the mindfulness. So that's a huge aspect of my life and my daily life. I really do implement that. So, you know, instead of measuring everything, I know roughly, okay, when I consume my, my dinner, it'll probably be eight to 10 ounces of, of ribeye usually. Usually, okay, that means I'll split my ribeye in half and I'll go about salting it and cooking it, and and that's why I tell you, you know, you you lose that intimacy with the air fryer. I, again, you you make up for it with the convenience of the speed, but um, yeah. you know, it becomes a very integrated activity, and you're, you know, you get your tongues, you get your cast iron yeah. skillet, the butter is down, the heat is yeah, up, a little steam, 
What's that? Do you have like a special apron? I do have an apron. I have a black apron. I wear it every time. Uh, so, you know, it's this whole process and it takes a little time. And then you let it, you finish it. You let it sit 10 minutes or so. And when you consume it, you chew slowly, very slowly, so that you're activating your saliva, the glands, right? They need to break down everything into that chyle, that, 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 um, that easily digestible kind of bolus that then pass through. So I realized at any time when I'm overeating and I feel like, okay, maybe I should be measuring things. This happened in the past. Uh, once I adopt a more mindful approach, it's almost unnecessary to begin measuring things because you're slowing down. You're actually thinking about what you're taking in. You're being grateful for what you're taking in. A lot of ailments disappear too. I mean, mm. you, you're, you're limiting like you're doing fruit and meat. Mm -hmm. So you're limiting all these other artificial uh, oils or just seed oils, mm -hmm. just things that are really going to wreak havoc on your immune system. Mm -hmm. Allergies. I mean, I mean, if people would just simplify their diet to do, to do what he's talking about, I mean, even, even, like, even if you don't do it seven days a week, if you do it five days a week, okay, and then the weekends you do whatever, you know, a couple of things, five guys, you know, you're going to be 90% better yeah. and you're not going to have like heartburn and all this other stuff like that, like, you know, like just modernized to throw a little, you know, anti-acid on Yeah, yeah. And it's just simple things like we were talking right. about. Right. And we did talk earlier about the depletion of some of the nutritional content in our fruits. Um, so I don't want this to, to seem like we're being hypocritical, but, um, but still these, if you're getting them as organically sourced as is possible and you're supplementing in the right ways, then you're really getting a very wholesome. Um, uh, you're 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 approaching your diet in a very wholesome way. So again, another uh, another topic on which we could spend an entire episode. We'll name that our fourth of five things that you do outside the gym to optimize your performance in the gym. What is your fifth, James? My fifth would be, I would say, sunlight, like just vitamin D. And it's not just from supplementation, because I do some occasionally do that, but I try to go outside. And this is really goes hand in hand with also what I like to do. I like to go around. I like to go around and my girlfriend calls me hippie. But you know, that's it's it I feel better when I'm barefoot in the grass or what do you or on the beach. If you're walking barefoot on the beach, right? You are Getting the sunlight, which is boosting your vitamin D levels, which is boosting your testosterone. You're also barefoot in the sand, if you are barefoot in the sand, which I am always barefoot in the sand. Uh, Isn't it funny how probably one of the most primitive things that we can do, one of the most essential things that we can do uh, to our very existence as human beings is now is now considered to be hippie or yeah. to be... Um, oh, I don't know, barbarous or yeah. radical. Yeah. yeah, it's so strange to me. I, I mean, I'll never understand it. To me, it seems quite the opposite, quite the contrary, that to, to shove one's feet into ill-fitting shoes uh, and never to come in contact with the earth below. To me, that is inexplicable. I, I <laughs> that, that, that's a topic I could talk about, shoes. Yeah, and we will, like we will, yeah. and we shall. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just, just being out there and uh, absorbing... The, but that's a different topic, the, grounding. So we're talking about yeah. sunlight. You said sun exposure. Yeah, the sun exposure is, is key. It's, I mean, 
if, if I get like, let's say I go three days, maybe getting like just bits and pieces of sun. I mean, it, it really shows up in my mood and my performance in the gym and my sleep quality. Mm. My sleep, going back to that topic, will go way down. And my performance in the gym shot. Like, I'm like, what is going on? My mood's terrible. Uh, so I always, regardless of our work, regardless of what I'm doing, and that's why I, I, I set up an outside gym. I have a, I have a, like I have a garage. I have a, we have a wonderful gym, like just right up there. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's inside. So I set up a garage gym. I bring my dumbbells and my barbells outside, take my shoes off. And I ain't working out in the sun for at least, you know, 45 minutes, you know. I like to run outside for the same reason, to get sun. It's, I mean, I could talk for days and days about, like, the benefits, but it's, my mood's better. You know, you go, you have to be, obviously, you, you want to have the least amount of clothes. You don't have to be naked, but I mean, you get arrested. But you, shorts and no shirt. You know, sometimes no hat. I like to wear a hat sometimes because, you know, I'm just going to be screaming all the time. Right? Um, if I may, in, in terms a little bit more elegant than those, yeah. consider the fact that your skin is an organ, right? your integumentary system. So it too needs to be treated in a certain way. Right? And you want to, to maximize the exposure in a healthy way, of course, if you're completely untouched by the sun and have been for quite some time and you're emerging from your hibernated, hibernated state, then you want gradually to introduce yourself to the sun and not, not uh, risk any hours. sort of a, a sunburn. Um, but uh, you certainly want that, that organ system treated just as uh, mindfully and carefully as you do any other organ system, your muscular skeletal system, your digestive system, all these other systems, the skin also needs to be treated well. It's the biggest organ. It's the biggest organ, of Definitely. course, of course. So you're absolutely right in saying that. Um, any final remark on, on the sun, the importance of the sun in your day? I mean, if you're going to get out there, start slow, like you said, and, you know, I, I, I'm, if you're wearing 50 SPF sunblock, the sun. So uh, try to try to you know start slow. Let's say go out there for just eight hours, get that unblocked exposure. Okay, and you tell me how much better you feel. Like I'm, you know, you're gonna feel night and day difference, mm. uh, and your workouts are gonna be better. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're not gonna have to worry about the, you know, uh, am I doing too much sodium or? Mm -hmm. or or am I going to get bloated? No, because the sun is a natural diuretic. It's a natural uh, hardener of the muscles. It's a, the old, one of the ultimate testosterone boosting. Like, here you go. Mm. You don't have the vitamin D from the sun. Forget about it. Mm. You're going to be depressed. And, like, that's why people uh, in Canada, there's a place that like, literally doesn't get light for like 30 days. Mm. Like, but there's, and, uh, yeah, that's why I live here in Florida. Yeah, that's why I live here. Yeah, likewise. Uh, so let's recap, okay? Because the sun, you know, of which we are both worshippers, is slowly falling. Uh, we are getting into the 
to the nighttime hours down here in this uh, lovely month of June. Let's recap, though. So the premise today, the idea was to talk about five things that one can do outside the gym to enable his or her best performance in the gym. I realized when we were talking about this that maybe the, the way in which we framed it isn't quite right. Uh, these five things are integral to human vitality generally. You don't have to be going into the gym to derive some benefit from what we just, or from what James told us about, what we just discussed. They're generally applicable. You don't have to be lifting weights. You don't have to be doing yoga. You don't have to be doing any of, the, any of these things within the confines of a gym to have some benefit from these things. And they are number one, hydration, but not just mindless uh, gulping down of water. This is mineralized hydration incorporating electrolytes, sodium, magnesium, and potassium, specifically. Second one is sleep. Appropriate amount of sleep, waking, and going to bed at the appropriate hours, trying to rise with the sun, and ensuring that you're not exposed to too much artificial light uh, a couple hours prior to going to bed. That would be the second. The third was cold immersion, ensuring that you're exposing your body to some cold that is originally uncomfortable but in time will become quite uh, stimulating in the morning hours that was number three um, number four was nutrition right and we talked about the general nutritional guidance to which we both adhere and it's similar in both of our cases nutrition just a little, a little, a few more calories and a few, a little, few, fewer slivers of, of liver in your, in your day. And you shall continue to work on it until you are eating just as much as I am. So that was number four. And number five is sun exposure. All right. So at least for 15 minutes a day, I would recommend um, longer if you can tolerate it. Either, well, 15 minutes certainly for direct sun exposure more time if you can tolerate it for indirect sun exposure. You do want to get yourself out into the world and beneath the sun. Have that reflect on your eyes. Have it you know, penetrate the skin. You will feel better. Your performance will improve. Cognitive function will be sharper. Everything will be better. And of course, your sleep will be improved for having been exposed to the sun as we were naturally made to be. So that encompasses our five, our five things. And I think we may have spent a little bit too much time on number one at the outset, but it's such a broad and, and, and meaty topic, right, into which we have to sink our teeth. So, um, you know, we're still figuring out the best way to organize and orient these conversations. Yeah. I like the fact that they're loosely structured. Yeah. You know, we talked about this only very briefly and minimally. And I like to give you the floor to be able to expand on them and to, and to go a little bit further and deeper into them. Thank um, you. Uh, of course, of, thank you. I mean, you're the one providing all this great wisdom and knowledge. Um, but again, we're always working on ways by which we can improve our, our, um, our, our little episode here. Yeah. So we'll continue to do that. And please, if you have any comments, suggestions, 
write them down in the comments below or send us a note and, and we'll gladly take them under advisement and probably uh, incorporate yeah, them. Ideas or anything, if you want me to arm wrestle. <laughs> that, I think we have the perfect, have the nice perfect setup here. We'll just have to slide that microphone away and, and off we go. Off your arm goes. <laughs> have you seen that movie Over the Top? Over the Top, no. It's the old style. No, no. I just watched Bonnie and Clyde last night. Bonnie and Clyde. Which is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Nobody arm wrestles in that one. No, 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 no. Over the top movie. Over the top. Okay, I'll check that out. I believe it. I'm not embarrassed by that. So I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. I think until next time. So with that, I will bid you all farewell from Finneran's Wake. Thank you for watching.